0: Welcome to the Tweet Trends Podcast. Hey, Yvette, what's trending today? Hey, I'm Yvette. Hey, girl. And you are tuned into Tweet Trends, it's the quickest way to find out what's trending today. Welcome back and happy National Family Day. Yes, today's day is all for our families and so is today's show. So without further ado, let's get started. Tweet, 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 tweet. Yes, yeah, so we're talking about families today and this first topic is about how a sex toy business is helping transgender youth. And it all starts with this one family. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing their name right, but it looks like it's Chenelli. And the mother, she ran a sex toy business called Pure Romance. And her and her husband had a son named Chris that was... Um, he had a different outlook, you know. Even as a child... I, they say that when he was three years old, he insisted that he was a girl and not a boy, no matter how much they tried to tell him that he was a boy. And then by the age of eight, they were noticing that he was starting to become a recluse. He wasn't interacting and communicating with people, just really angry and depressed. So his parents realized they needed to do something. So they went to the children's hospital in their area. They lived in Cincinnati and come to find out there was a really long wait list for the that particular um portion of the children's hospital dealing with um children that w- were considered transgender transgender youth so the the line was so long the dad got to be good friends with the head of the of that center so his child got moved to the beginning of the line. However, he felt really bad because there was he jumped over a bunch of other kids that were probably going through the same types of situations and issues that their son was going through. So what they did was their family made a multi-million dollar commitment funded through the Pure Romance uh, products, um, they actually have an RGB sexual intimacy product line that was created for the LGBTQ plus customers. And so it only makes sense that that portion of their business would then make donations for children that are dealing with the struggles of being transgender um, Just feeling different and not knowing how to cope or what to do. So um, if your family or someone you know is having um, issues with their sexuality, whether it be a young child or someone that is realizing this later on in life, I actually have a friend whose father realized this after her dad and mom had, you know, like four kids, you know, then he realized that this wasn't really him. He wasn't being true to himself. If you or someone you know is experiencing that, you know, definitely find someone that you can confide in, talk it over and look for some some assistance, some help. There's lots of organizations out there and I'm going to post a couple of them um, along with the show. So I was talking to my sister the other night and she was telling me about one of the organizations that she belongs to. They did a poverty simulation and it sounded really, I I was intrigued. It sounded really interesting. And it goes along with this next topic that an analysis of achievement gaps in every school in America shows that poverty is the biggest hurdle. And it makes sense. You know, parents think that they are sheltering their kids from stuff. But they they fail to realize how intuitive children are. Children know when something isn't right. They know when something feels weird, or they compare it to what everybody else is doing. And when they realize that well, you know, this friend, when they come to school, they talk about what they had for dinner. And I know I didn't have anything to eat after I left school today. So, hmm, wonder how they got food and I didn't. You know, and, and they put the pieces together and slowly construct their view. And in a lot of cases, you know... These children, they're doing so much to put on a a happy face, to be strong for their parents and everything that adults like completely blow over the fact that, you know, there might actually be something going on. But what they're saying is that the differences in poverty rates between black and white schools are very predictive of the achievement gaps between black and white students. Now, some people like to get it twisted and think that only black people are in poverty, and that is not the case. But it does seem to be that when you have these Title I schools, they do tend to be predominantly black. And a Title I school is a a school where there's a certain percentage of students that are low income. Um, I always wonder how that is, that when you look at the big numbers that there are just as many white people, if not more, that are on uh, public assistance and everything. But when it comes to the schools, it's like the kids tend to be predominantly black. But either way, the fact is, it's the poverty that's the big issue. And there have been a number of surveys and studies done in regards to this, And it just seems to show that the achievement gaps between white students and students of color are large. However, when it comes to breaking it down to the smallest parts of it, that the poverty portion is key. And in a lot of cases, you know, you've heard about um, the standardized testing and some of the questions they'll ask. And Honestly and truthfully, when you have a poverty mindset, when you live in that, you don't think the same way other people do. Actually, I think that people in poverty have a better uh, mind for figuring out things. They can solve problems way better than someone not from poverty because they have to figure things out. They might have to figure out, well, how am I going to get a shower How am I going to get hot water? How am I going to get food? How am I going to do this? And they will rob Peter to pay Paul to make it work. Now, that's on the adult side. On the child side, you know, it it sets them up for a bad start. Because if I can't do well in school, then I might not be able to graduate. And if I can't graduate, I might not be able to get a good paying job. And if I can't get a good paying job, then I'm going to be living that same life that my parents are living Because I just didn't have a chance from the jump. And that's the part that we need to kind of focus on and and figure out a solution for. Um, I'm going to link this article as well. And I really want to um, continue on with this discussion, though, um, because it's a big problem. And, you know, but I do believe there are solutions out there. Now this last story hits a little closer to home because it deals with family and the new makeup of families, especially now that you have older relatives like grandmothers and grandfathers that are suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. And families are more and more trying to care for these people rather than putting them in some type of a nursing home because you hear about the types of abuse that people experience in nursing homes. And it's the same thing we did with my grandmother. My mom's mom came and lived with us for a while. And then she went and lived with my aunt in New York for a while to kind of give my mom a break. And it is a tough thing to do, especially the further along in in the disease they get. The more difficult it is to manage them and their emotions and the, the different things that happen it, it's hard to describe and you know you think about it and you say oh no you know what's a little forgetfulness so they might repeat themselves but it gets way worse there, there were I don't know I would almost describe it as like night terrors that my grandmother would have where we would never hear it but it was like she would wake up in the middle of the night and be frustrated or disoriented And you go in her room in the morning and you would think the Tasmanian devil had spun through that room and tore the place up. And you're just looking and then you look at this little frail lady sitting there on the bed looking all sad like, you know, why does this room look so bad? And you're like, lady, you did this. (laughs) But, you know, you couldn't be mad at her because she could not control all of that that was in her, it's frustrating to not be able to remember stuff and Then, when you get to a point where not only do you not remember but you don't even remember the people that are around you, think of how scary that must be. Well, there's a young man, um a high school senior as that he decided that after watching his mother and father and aunt take care of his grandmother that there had to be a better way. They had a series of people coming together to help take care of his grandmother. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it was just one of those things kind of like, okay, here's what I think we can do. Rather than having all these little pieces of paper here and there and notes for this person and that person to know like where she is today, how she's feeling, how she's been acting, um, what medicine she's taken, which ones she hasn't taken you know what, let's create an app. So he created an app called Cares and you can find it. um, And he has a a face, not Facebook. um, He probably does have a Facebook presence, but he has a Twitter presence as well. And I'll post that link as well. But um, the app is made for Large groups of people that are all working together as a team to take care of people like his grandmother that was suffering from dementia slash Alzheimer's. And, you know, um, I wish we had something like that when my grandmother was with us because it was a thing where you're constantly in contact with the next person. And I felt like my mom never had a chance to to just bring it down because she was always on alert. She was always on because she had to be for the simple fact that if she wasn't, then who was going to coordinate all of this? Who was going to make sure that person A and person B knew that she had her meds today or that we tried to give her her meds and she pretended to eat it and then spit it out and we found it in a corner somewhere you know anything like that so um, definitely gonna have you check out this uh, his twitter and um, the app is called Care Zare that's C-A-R-E-Z-A-R-E and it's helping people help all right, thanks for joining me again for another episode of Tweet Trends. Do me a favor, head on over to Twitter and follow me at HeyYvette, that's at H-E-Y-E-V-E-T-T-E, or just look for the hashtag Tweet Trends. Once again, today is National Family Day and it's always on September 26th, so remember it for next year and the year after and the year after. And make sure that you do something with your family, some type of activity, plan to go out, uh, put down your phone, you know, unless you have relatives that are away from you, then you can pick up the phone and call them. But outside of that, put down the phone and actually spend some quality time with your family members. Plan a game day, do something fun, celebrate your family and friends, and connect with them because connecting with family and those that you love. It's actually good for you. It's a healthy thing to do. So do the healthy thing and reach out to a family member or friend. And let them know. Wish them a happy uh, National Family Day. And I'll see you on Tuesday.